0: hey doctor who are these little wriggly things in the weed little wriggly things yeah why
1: that's amazing this is it pull to open pull to open yes and what do you do we make a noise miss jones we make an awful lot of noise it's too late we'll never stop it now but we've got to make a, a loop of it so that we can repeat it endlessly yes, right up here come
2: the draw <laughs>
0: hello and welcome to pull to open an ongoing quest to watch the entirety of the television series doctor who in random order i'm pete paschel
1: and i'm chris salen if you're not familiar with the series uh doctor who it's uh it's about a madman in a box and uh we are a couple of madmen in a box. We're also a couple of journalists, a couple of Whovians uh, of long standing uh, who thoroughly enjoy going through this amazing show in random order. And, and Pete, what a journey it's been. <laughs> Should we specify which box we're in? By the way, <laughs> it's the box in your pocket, of course. It's That's the right. Phone,
0: the podcast app, or whatever your app and really listening that
1: this on. It could be. Yes. It could be YouTube now. Uh, we're there too. Yeah, if you're watching us, uh, you'll notice that I'm in a blue box within a box. Uh, so I'm, I'm many layers mm-hmm. deep. I'm like a in a Lagopolis tardis here. Yeah. Uh, so, Pete, where where have we been recently?
0: Well, we've been going from box to box in our uh, random journey here. So, previously on pull to open. So. <laughs> We were spending a lot of time in the classic series. We, mm. It was months and months. Uh, we were bouncing around Pertwee and Baker and, and the other Baker. And uh, we were most recently at the classic series at Revenge of the Cybermen, which was
1: three episodes ago, which we had that's, a lot to say yeah. about. I think that's, that's when the randomizer decided it had enough classic Doctor Who. It was <laughs> Revenge of the Cybermen was, was it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was done for at least a couple of weeks because we went right from Revenge of the Cybermen to Series 11 uh, for Jodie Whittaker's first season uh, with the episode Rosa. Rosa. And we uh, were wanted to spend some more time there, I guess, according to the randomizer, because <laughs> we just left ahead a few episodes from there, and we did the Witchfinders in our last outing, and of course that was enough of new who for the randomizer for a little bit at least, and it rocketed us back in time to the classic series to uh, a classic classic, or
1: perhaps for some, the uh, the Fury from the Deep, indeed, the Patrick Crouden I- episode. In one sense, a missing episode, and in one sense, it is a 1968 story. And in another sense, it's a 2020 story because it was only recently uh, restored with Big Finish and BBC Audio, uh, you know, uh, animation matched the audio. So it's really an interesting time for us to have come here. Now, there is a restored version. We've not yet had a full and proper missing Doctor Who story. Um, on Pull to Open because the animation has always just been a little bit ahead of us, which right. is great. Uh, and yeah, not not to spoil too much, but that there is definitely a connection with the Witchfinders. One word, mud.
0: <laughs> yep. But we'll the, wh- wh- why the randomizer brought us here might be perhaps a little obvious in this case. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely one of these missing episodes. It's an animation. It's strangely the animation is not on BritBox at least the mm. US version of BritBox yeah it might be on the UK one go uh, correct me if I am wrong listeners there in Great Britain damn you uh, BritBox damn you yeah it got me thinking like what what is the criteria, right, to get mm. it on BritBox? What is there a, a waiting period? Um, I imagine it's really literally just someone's got to get around to updating the deal or whatever it is mm. that BritBox US has. Because obviously the rights to shows vary from country to country. And, yeah. you know, while streaming services have, have gotten better and at flattening what you get from country to country, like you go back 10, 15 years ago, it was like, you know, completely different sets of content. All over the place, but it's a little bit more flat. But oh, yeah. still, those rights are are still a thing. You need to actually get specified; it's otherwise, it's just you don't have it. It's a very flat team
1: structure, the BBC licensing <laughs> world. Um, yeah, so you know, <laughs> an interesting place to go. But we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, after we do, we enter what we like to call the pull to open feedback loop.
0: That's right, the feedback loop, and we would love to get some more feedback in the loop in the form of reviews. If you have not uh, reviewed the podcast, hey, this is your obligatory uh, needed message to do so and at the earliest opportunity. Uh, yes, of course, we're a podcast. Podcasts thrive on reviews. If you don't mind going into the Apple Podcast app, uh, the best place to review the show, uh, please do so. Leave us a one word, one emoji. It's fine. Um, but all those reviews really do help in making
1: the podcast more visible to people in the app. So uh, go ahead and do it. I'm going to suggest uh, an emoji review uh, since uh, we, we've had reviewers. Uh, we had one review a few weeks ago that was just a blue box uh, for the mm-hmm. title uh, and a very kind review below it. But the blue box of the title, all you need to do um, here's what I'm going to suggest. Leave us a blue box or leave us a number of blue boxes corresponding to which doctor is your favorite.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. If you love yeah. Tenant, give us 10 blue boxes yeah there's also a doctor emoji so you could do one of those uh, (laughs) there is oh a yes a doctor doctor
0: yeah so what we also love is when people do the titles of the episodes in emoji form which a few of our listeners have done always always great to see those those are neat little brain teasers we like to talk out here in real time on the show and uh, spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure the five doctors one is going to be
1: easy. <laughs> um, yeah. five doctors in a row. I mean, if if you want to do like a uh, clever emoji review of um, target novelizations, you just do the doctor emoji plus whatever you were going to write. Yeah. Mm. Doc- doctor Who and the Fury from the Deep. Um, oh yeah
0: <laughs> well there's all there's always the one episode that has that structure side so the yes mm. that's always a, that's a <laughs> one of the more fun titles to cite because uh, it's very wordy Indeed. Um, okay. and, very,
1: and very wet I like this one
0: So we're all as, as everyone knows we're also on YouTube especially if you're watching us because we're on YouTube uh, We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash pull to open. And we continue to upload season two to our YouTube channel, a season two of uh pull to open, that is, not the mm. show. And we're all the way up to the 10th planet now, which was kind of a big landmark episode for us.
1: Was that our first regeneration?
0: Uh yes, I believe. Mm. I believe that was. It was our first regeneration. You can go back and live uh the our, live with our podcast and also uh my comments about the Cybermen and their appearance, which are now legendary <laughs> in the annals of TikTok.
1: Um, yeah. That, that led to our that? first
0: special episode, if you it recall. It did,
1: yes. We, we, uh, we had some discussion about the the nature of uh, conversion, uh, wasn't well, it? That, the, the cyber costumes. Well, it was more upgrading. Uh,
0: so if you want to hear about hear, uh, why the Cybermen look different and be- beyond that, are the characters supposed to even notice they look different? Which was what the uh, nature of my comments. Go head over to YouTube, yeah. check them out because it yeah. is a uh, it was a ma- was a matter of debate in the classic series, which I stand by uh, less so today.
1: But yes, find out counted. why. I, to use Gen Z terminology, I, I basically said that the Tenth Planet was giving David Bowie. <laughs> Yes. Classic comments
0: from the <laughs> podcast a year ago or so. I think it was a year ago, I think it was. That sounds right. Uh, um moving on. Uh we are also on the socials of course. TikTok continues. We love our community there. Really good comments recently on uh everything on Rosa, which is our most recent spate of videos. And we have a TikTok comment of the week. And oh, yeah. it's from J Morrison 98 is the handle. And it's speaking to what we had to say about Crasco and his two dimensional nature in that episode, who was the bad guy. Uh, And Jay Morrison, 98, says this. It always bugged me that we have no idea what happened to him when he is sent in time by Ryan. Did Ryan create racism by sending him back so far? Did he become a king or did Ryan send him back so far he gets eaten by dinosaurs? And if so, does that mean Ryan murdered him? The episode didn't need that, could make a historical episode on racist and how bad things were instead of a time neo-Nazi. Which is a, you know, again, I think this is sort of mirrors to some extent our, our commentary on Crasco. He's not mm. he's not a great villain. He's kind of paint by numbers and it's obviously to showcase the history there. Um, but if you do sort of peel back that layer a bit, you know, you start mm. to wonder some of these questions. Um, and in particular, like, you know, w- the conclusion we came to the witch finders, where I think it would have been better served as a pure historical yeah he seems to be pitching that for rosa i don't know if that quite works because then you it's a completely I, different episode if you do but uh it's, i like it's interesting this comment. to think about.
1: i like this comment because it is interesting to think about and it it's just something we, we we kind of didn't have time to discuss on the podcast mm-hmm. um this whole question of where did kraska go right uh because we had a brief scene where ryan sort of fiddles with the settings um and sends him to the past. Was that right? Do we, do we yeah. know he
0: went backwards? I mean, this is kind of re- trusting this technical skills of Ryan with a device yeah. he's never really used before. So he could have gone anywhere, honestly. It's kind of like write whatever you want if you want to sort of have a sequel episode that fleshes out Crasco mm-hmm. a little more and where he's from and what he's done, uh, which I'm, I'm not 100% against. Again, he was kind of a two-dimensional character to service a, a historical showcase. Um, but you know, it's, there's enough there then, you know, particularly with when he has a vortex manipulator and and there's, there's hints of things like you said, your head cannon, you can fill it in. Mm. I'm not against like,
1: let's get some cannon cannon to fill in that. Um, yeah. And, and you are of course, welcome to have whatever head cannon you like. Uh, I, I would advise against the headcanon of Ryan created racism. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not quite sure that Agreed. really fits with the spirit of the show uh, or racism. Um, not really how it works, but I like the yep. idea of like sending them back to getting eaten by a dinosaur would have loved a cut scene. Uh, maybe that would make a great sort of Marvel uh, MCU style mid credit sequence. Where we Mm. see Crasco and he's like, "Hey, I I escaped. Look at me. I'm fine. I'm in a jungle. Uh, This is great. There's (laughs) lots here to eat." Wait, what's that shadow towering over me? What is that? He makes a sort of
0: dismissive slur to the T Rex, (laughs) so that like he thinks he's, "You dumb, like you know, like he's even a speciesist."
1: (laughs) Yeah, you dumb dinosaur. You all look the same. You're not clever. You I
0: I saw the movie, you only respond to movement or something, and it's <laughs> oh, not not the
1: case at all. <laughs> he moves just a little bit too much. And uh bye bye, Krasko's head. Uh yeah. Yeah. So there. anyway,
0: thanks for the comment, Jay Morrison. Keep them coming. And you too can comment on our TikTok videos if you simply follow us at TikTok. Well, sorry, TikTok. At pull to open on TikTok. <laughs> or twitter and instagram at pull to open 63 where we
1: share things uh occasionally indeed more uh, right. occasionally in the future but uh mm. speaking of the future we have a centenary special coming up we the do the centenary of the bbc what a just surprise in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't know what the centenary is of, they might not because mm. there hasn't
0: really been much talk about it outside of other dr Who podcasts i think in various places because <laughs> I, I don't i don't think we even have a trailer yet like not a one in addition to the one we obviously got at legend of the sea devils so there's still that but um I, there there's been a strangely a darth of information and mm. I think we're coming pretty close up on the release date so we're recording this on october 2nd where and we we know the special is going to be aired this month
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: centenary, but uh, we still don't. I don't think we really have a date yet.
1: Are they? Are they going like full Beyonce album on this? Like they're just going to drop it, you know, uh, to surprise Doctor Who Twitter? Um, mm-hmm. You know, just just drop it out of nowhere. Like
0: here you go. Well, it's ready. It could be. It could be like suddenly, like you you only hear about it after it's been broadcast. <laughs> they just <laughs> randomly put it out. Some date. There you go. Go get them, Dr. Who fans, just to kind of mess with us and see how quickly we'll we'll pivot for them. Um, right. Probably not, but I guess, okay, so according to at least one source, now this is an official, but uh, there was apparently some kind of leak that I know people have been reporting that it's going to be the 18th, I think, of October mm-hmm. previously. I, I Again, I am not. don't mean to report, report misinformation. I don't know if that's true, but according to at least one source, something leaked out that it's actually going to be the 23rd. because And that makes more sense because it's Sunday.
1: Yeah. Sunday seems a more Doctor Who-ish day. Um, mm. Yeah. Now, now I'm sort of wondering, like, what would happen if they released it TikTok by TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate serialization. It'd make the, the longest Doctor uh, <laughs> Who ever in terms of the number of episodes.
0: I don't even know if the BBC knows what TikTok is. Hey, they, I mean, they might have just found out. Yeah. I mean, they've scaled back on various things. I don't know. We'll really? see. With with Russell T Davies returning, I hope um, there's a little bit more to the marketing, promotion. He's obviously very skilled at that. Uh, though I haven't seen a whole hell of a lot in terms of promotion outside of the Doctor Who magazine we, we, we just got, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that was a bunch of interviews. Um, I think Jodie Whittaker given a little bit of interviews. I hope she ramps mm-hmm. that up in the coming weeks and you know this is this is it right this is their last yeah. episode so it's time, time time for your exit yeah.
1: interview jody
0: it is one of those things where obviously they they made the show like a year ago or whatever and it must feel weird to come back and do what the equivalent of a press tour now but mm-hmm. i mean like what else who else is going to promote it right like it's too early for russell t davies to come in and start talking about all the things he's going to do yeah his he's anniversary special
1: deliberately holding off yeah. uh until after this i think even, even though he kind of almost can't help himself uh in terms of you know releasing details and yeah and teasing know. things out on instagram yeah the neil so. patrick harris thing like he, he, yeah he's he, but that's him holding back
0: right? yeah exactly
1: <laughs> compared to how rtd is going to be next year Oof. yeah
0: so um so all that's happening so chris i wanted to ask you mm. About the Centenarist, do you have it now? We've had a week or so to think about the title, which of course is "The Power of the Doctor." Yeah. Um, and you know, some of the, maybe the, some of the cast interviews and and stuff that's leaked out. Uh, you know, do you have any predictions about this particular episode apart from obviously the stuff we already know?
1: Well, it's um, I I haven't been following any of the leaks, so I don't know if this has been disproved or doubted already, but. Power of the Doctor definitely makes me think that we're going to get the the finalization, the wrapping up of the Timeless Child uh timeline and perhaps some sort of retcon. Uh, because the power of the doctor does seem to be a thing that the doctor is not fully aware of. If the doctor is not fully aware of how much she can and has regenerated mm. uh in the past. That there does seem to be a connection there. That, that's that's a sort of an untapped power. Um, that she has. And yeah, maybe we'll have a new kind of canon at the end of it. <laughs> mm. uh, maybe a whole new vast playground for, for head cannon to roam in. Um, yeah. That's, that's what I'm predicting is, is Chibnall is going, he's not going to ignore the timeless child thing. It was part of his plan always, uh, but he's going to incorporate it somehow into the show. It's not just going to be left as the, uh, the pocket fob watch dropped into the TARDIS's and it's like that's right. We're gonna see the resolution of that. That's my prediction. That's cool.
0: Um I feel like the power of the doctor, as I've had time to noodle on it a bit, probably has less to do with the timeless child and, and the question of how many times he or she is regenerated. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably gonna have more to do with their power like what, what it really is sort of thematically in the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this is actually going to be probably a very companion-centered uh, episode where the sort of uh, peeling back that the Doctor's real power is this influence that she has with mm-hmm. people, you know, throughout the cosmos and like, you know, basically doing good. That's, that's the real power of this character. And we already know Ace and Tegan are back um, that might just be like I kind of hoping that's just like the the people they've told us about. Yeah, you know, like maybe there's like two, three, four, five more others that you know there's good like another the same way that Moffat leaked out the Cybermen and made that a very obvious reveal at the end of his first Capaldi season that mm-hmm. the Missy reveal that was you know that it, she was the master was sort of waiting there and. Uh, it just hits so much harder because you, you you kind of you say look over here and there's something else over here that they're gonna hit you with so you,
1: you know, know what I'd really yeah. love speaking of companions is if we did a sort of a the way tenant said goodbye by oh I just happen to have enough time to go right say <laughs> goodbye to everyone who but it's only like limited to his run right uh, yeah. I'm, I'm only gonna say goodbye to everyone who I met as me as this version of the doctor what if? Jodie Whitaker took the time to go back to like literally every living companion <laughs> still well, alive at some point. I mean, you know, <laughs> crime yes, well, every every that's that's a good point. We'd have to find some way around it, but like goes to visit every uh, actor, <laughs> uh, every, right. every companion who still has a living actor representing them. Uh, there's got to be a spreadsheet of that somewhere. <laughs> um, and that's one of the more morbid spreadsheets that exists right? sure. <laughs> and and just check in with everyone and that would sort of take care of the the, the question that we often ask about why doesn't the doctor come back you right. know why didn't he see Susan again yeah, ring Ian Chesterton's doorbell one yeah last time. I mean you're why spending so much time around Coal Hill School come on <laughs> you don't even pop in say hi to Ian yeah You'd think he'd be interested in the new janitor. Anyway, <laughs> getting, getting deep into Capaldi references. Hey, what? <laughs> oh, I see. I got you. Yeah,
0: Interested, you know. Hey,
1: Oh, yeah. Well,
0: at home, okay?
1: <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. It's, yeah. it's modern Doctor Who. Anything can happen. True. So All anyway, right. those are my, our predictions. Um, we, Given
0: the prediction of the date, we'll probably have at least one more podcast episode before it comes out.
1: Mm. Um,
0: but looking forward and then looking forward to sort of the damn being burst on the new era, uh, with Russell T Davies and the 60th anniversary special slash specials, All right. uh, as I understand it. I think there's going to be a few, but I don't and know the, that's actually official either.
1: I'm personally, I'm waiting for Shooty Gutwa's costume reveal. That's, that's going to be a good day. Yeah, that should be that soon. Happens. Yeah. I think that should be soon because they must be doing pre-production. I mean,
0: they are, I mean, they, they were, they, Russell, T Davies just shared out that Instagram where they're working on it. So yep. yeah, I'm sure like within a few weeks uh, maybe of the centenary special, we'll, we'll get something because they'll be filming it by then. If and if they have to go outside to film anything, yeah. he's going to be he's going to be in something and someone's going to notice. So.
1: It, is, it was a thing for Jodie, right? They released they showed her costume before uh, the woman who fell to earth. Yeah, uh, I stripe. I
0: th- think so. Yeah, because they yes, certainly yes, did, did for
1: Capaldi. Because I remember that that image that was sent out with the the tagline was like, you know, just it was like it, it, this is a stripped down costume. He's just one hundred percent rebel time lord.
0: Yeah, I remember that quote too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good, and he wanted people to be able to wear his clothes. I think yeah, as a cosplayer,
1: which. I mean, I think, I'm pretty
0: sure that was a pricey suit and uh, you know you to get some good tailored stuff but yeah for sure
1: yeah yeah should should you go with, uh, maybe should just uh, be wearing something that's accessible to everyone uh maybe a snuggy um uh, mm. just you know <laughs> easy get get the easiest cosplay ever um which currently I uh, I think like the easiest cosplay in nerd culture is probably Probably Rick from Rick and Morty. Like you just stick a white coat on and you know right. <laughs> carry a bottle of something and get some get a crazy white wig or just dye your hair. Right, done. You can do that in <laughs> five minutes. Um but yeah, maybe maybe Doctor Who can come back and have something fabulous that, that everyone can wear and it's just totally accessible. Uh no no pressure, RTD.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we got all your ideas right here. You just come consult us. It's all good. Um cool. Cool. All right, Chris, uh, good job stalling there, but I think Thank it's time you. <laughs> to refocus uh, the podcast back to what we're here to talk about, which of course mm-hmm. is the story that is from season five, Serial Six, Fury from the Deep, our uh-huh. third Patrick Troughton episode here on the podcast. Yeah. And our second animated adventure after Power of the Daleks. And this is a six episoder. So. Is.
1: Which I'm so grateful for right now. <laughs>
0: Before we get into the commentary, we will do, as ever, our regular segment, TLDW, Too Long, Didn't Watch, Too Long, Doctor Who. And Definitely one of us, Too Long, Doctor Who. <laughs> one of us gets uh, 30 <laughs> seconds per classic episode to summarize the plot of the story. And because this is six episodes, that gives that person a whole three minutes. And that person is in fact you
1: yeah i was wondering with three minutes i mean do you do you need like a bathroom break uh you know you want to you want to go get, get a coffee i'll just i'll just hang out here talk for three minutes yeah
0: uh, and let me fire up my barista stand here and you know <laughs> get my get my mocha latte you know, yeah maybe yeah it'll be so, done by settle it. in yeah. folks
1: settle in folks this may be one of the biggest uh story times we've we've ever had on pull to open i mean nothing like what we're going to get for the war games or the, right. the daleks master plan uh but it's, but it's, it's gonna there. be up there it's getting there and i i don't want to be overconfident but i feel like the story can be easily contained within three minutes
0: i know i uh I think, I'm not sure if I'm jealous of this one. It might
1: be too much time and you have too much
0: rope to hang yourself with. But in terms of what actually happens, I think you've got plenty of time. So,
1: In terms of what happens and is important, because there's a lot of people getting locked in rooms that doesn't really matter. So (laughs) just fair warning, I'm not going to include all of those. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's hear what you do include
0: in just a few seconds. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. This is the official pull-to-open summary of Fury from the Deep. In three,
1: two, one, go. Okay. So the Doctor, Jamie, and Victoria uh, land, or rather, they, they they land in midair above the cliffs of England and float down onto the, onto the water. The TARDIS lands on water for the first time we've ever seen it. They play around in sea foam. They're like, "Hey, wait a minute! The foam is coming from this uh, pipeline." And uh, the doctor uses his sonic screwdriver for the first time to open the pipeline, uses a stethoscope to listen to it. He's hearing a heartbeat in there. Uh, But before they can investigate further, they are uh, knocked out and they are uh, held uh, in this uh, North Sea natural gas platform system. And uh, there is a dispute there because they don't believe, they, they think someone's been sabotaging it because there's a lack of communication between platforms. Uh, but the doctor slowly realises no, it's this weed. It's this weed. And they do some testing on the weed in the TARDIS. And they find that it is alive and it's, it's uh, using psychic power on people. And one of the people is uh, Robson, who is the guy who's uh, running this whole rig system. And uh, he seems to be controlled by the weed monster, but he's also a bit of an asshole who just wants to keep the, the gas pumping no matter what, even the doctors, you know, the doctor is telling him to turn it off. Um, uh, Victoria gets trapped. She's kind of bummed out by this whole thing and, and traveling with the TARDIS and the doctor, she gets trapped in an oxygen room. Someone locks her in there. Oxygen appears to be, uh, deadly to this weed creature. Um, the doctor realizes the same thing that, that mariners used to point out, like, vast weird sea creatures, this is basically it, it's, it's just, uh, it's attacking everyone, um, there's, there's a scientist called Harris, and he sends his wife to pick up a file folder from Robson's desk, and the file folder has a bit of seaweed in it, and the wife gets bitten, and the doctor tries to look at her, but, uh, you know, she's being attacked by sea foam everywhere, and there are a couple of uh, weird uh, Laurel and Hardy types who are running around and and gassing people with their breath and um, and creating sea foam everywhere. It's just a ton of sea foam in this episode, uh, in the story. And uh, uh, finally, uh, we we get to a situation where Robson kidnaps Victoria and takes her to to another platform, and the Doctor follows in a helicopter. And and finally, we see. Robson and a bunch of other, you know, scary. sea creatures transformed. Uh, but the Doctor uses the power of Victoria's screams to uh, to kill the sea creatures. So it turns out they're also, um, you know, affected by that. And then uh, Victoria decides to stay at the end with the Harrises because she's fed up with traveling. With the Doctor and Jamie is really super sad, uh, so they stay an extra day and have a lovely meal. And then they leave her on the beach, and uh, it's goodbye, Victoria. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. What else can I talk about? (laughs)
2: There it is.
1: Good job. Thank you. Uh, What do you think? Did I, was there any subplot there? I mean, did I need to mention Megan Jones coming in? She's like the the head of this uh, Eurogas initiative and there's a Dutch dude who comes in. Um, Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: I kind of felt like, in trying to attach some meaning to this episode, of which yeah. I think there is very little, <laughs> I think the sort of musical chairs of who's in charge mm. um, is an interesting layer to peel at. And yeah. so. I wouldn't mind talking about it because I, I, you know, like I'm trying to sort of discern what's the point of this episode, right? Like what what's the point it's making about anything, mm. um, and why, maybe we could even take a step back there and like what what it could be making a point about. So there's the authority figures and what their priorities are, which is kind of what I was getting at. Right. There's the sort of kind of an environmental message, but it doesn't really do anything with it. Um, and aside from those. Um, is I mean I guess those are the major ones, but do do you see any other sort of uh, apart from in show stuff like Victoria leaving and the constant mm. perils that companions are in? Um, do you see any other point to this episode, this story?
1: Well, certainly we we should uh, you know it's the introduction of the sonic like that's the that's the first yeah. thing that every Doctor Who fan zeroes in on. Yeah, there's, there's there's in show stuff that's kind of fun. yeah yeah, absolutely. but in in terms of like the the wider world and the wider audience, yeah, I think this is sort of. You know, one one of the notes I've made after watching uh, the six episodes of Fury of the Deep uh, is that, you know, maybe Doctor Who shouldn't be too topical and up to the minute because it doesn't necessarily uh, age that well. Because this is so the mid 60s was when uh, oil and gas was discovered Um in well, actually, 59 was the first discovery of North Sea oil, I believe. 65 was the first discovery of North Sea gas. Okay, uh, so they were drilling for oil first,
0: and this was broadcast in 68.
1: In 68, but I- yes, but as, as we know, and we'll get into this, uh, Victor Pemberton, the writer, came up with it in 64, so he actually. Oh, interesting! Uh, it was a different idea, but then that—that that was the idea that became the slide, right? Which the original name for the story that became a radio series with good old Roger Delgado playing right. the hero scientist in it. Um, mm. But that was that was mud bubbling up uh, in a town, and then I think when. You know, when called upon to make the same story a little more Doctor Who-ish, he's he's like, "Ooh, you know, North Sea oil and gas is so hot right now. Uh. Uh, let's let's talk about that." Uh, and actually, so I read a Radio Times from from 1968. That was sort of trying to m- mention the topicality of Fury from the Deep by saying, well, you know, that you know, oil and gas explosion in the North Sea recently, or referencing mm. something that I, I haven't been able to find what they were actually referencing. Um, oh, interesting, but anyway, we look back on it now and we're like, is this was this like an information film created for the North Sea oil and gas industry? Like it has <laughs> certain elements of that where they're like. They take the educational nature of Doctor Who a little bit too far. Funny, we were just talking about that in the, the modern pseudo-historicals, like how much after-school special is too much. This isn't even after-school special. This is in school, and your school has yeah. just done a special trip to a North Sea platform, and you're getting a terrible informational film on how gas is, is pumped in to the country. And there's the, you know, like the Doctor even mentions the uh, – there's like a – special engine that does the pumping at some point, And he goes into length explaining that like that yeah. at the time, I guess would have seemed futuristic-y because it wasn't yet um, actually a, a current thing. You know, it was, it was just the promise of the future was North sea gas. Uh, so, so this is by the way, it's got a little bit of a unit dating controversy thing going on because is this the sixties or is it the seventies time? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, well, for this.
0: the animation seems to come down pretty hard on it being like the seventies, or rather yeah. the unit era. Yes, because, I mean there are is there are innumerable Easter eggs, but they're all kind of the same Easter egg of seeing a mm. wanted poster for the Roger Delgado master. Indeed, for some reason, it's plastered all over the uh, ESGO. Uh, which I guess is the Eurozone Gas Organization or something like that. Um, Something like that, yeah. yeah. um, They're all over the base just in case he walks by. And I got to say, you know, I like Easter eggs. Don't get me wrong. This one was like so everywhere. I was like, okay, once once Mm. was enough for fans because fans are going to screen cap it anyway. Twice (laughs) would have been good to make sure real viewers would see it. Yeah. The fact that it's there like a dozen times or something, you're just kind of like, I get it, okay. You're you're the show is referencing itself. Unless the master is actually going to show up here, mm. I think we should probably not do that so much.
1: Yeah, it's Chekhov's time lord. Uh, you put him a in bit. too much. You you expect him to appear, and yeah, where is Unit in all yeah. of this? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we're it, in the 70s, it, Getting yeah? back
0: to the date, it's it's supposed to be, I guess, 1975. Which right? I don't never. I don't know if it's ever explicitly said. Uh, There's again, again Easter egg, I guess, but I guess it's not quite an Easter egg in that it's like they just have a calendar that says 1975 Mm -hmm. at some point, Mm -hmm. I think in episode one or two. So it sort of definitively comes down to to the extent that the animations. I mean, it's hard to say because they're obviously the BBC and Big Finish take on what was actually broadcast and we know it wasn't. So I guess they're canonical. So, you know, it's kind of mm. like it might be giving a little too much power to the guys at Big Finish. Nothing against Big Finish guys. They've made some great, great choices and, and really great stories over the years. But it I, is I, one of these interesting things like who's to say that that's the official date now? Well,
1: I guess yeah, yeah, well. I mean, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I hope that they uh, did actually say 1975 during the original production. Like, I, I hope that was the original intention. Because it was, in fact, 1975 that a small American company brought the first British oil ashore in the North Sea. Oh, uh, um, so, well, well, well. Yeah, it would have been accurate, though, though it was oil rather than gas. You know, that, that would have been uh, a, a slightly different. Uh, Serial so
0: took the gas a little longer.
1: Yeah. Nah. took the gas a little longer. We were, uh, we, uh, Britain became a net exporter of oil in the eighties and a net exporter of gas, natural gas in the nineties. Yeah. Um, so that did take a little while longer. Um, but still like the idea of this is kind of interesting, right? With, with natural gas being the thing here and being the thing that, that brings the fury from the deep, mm-hmm. um, that's still, it's still kind of relevant. Like it, it could, it should feel more relevant than it actually is here because of, mm. like, we're, we're sitting here after uh, a week after the Nord Stream 2 uh, and Nord Stream 1 explosions right. and shutdowns that Russia has been accused of perpetrating. Um, so it's kind of, it feels relevant. I feel like the randomizer has been watching the news. Uh, it feels relevant. It's borderline,
0: yeah. I guess, but I'm, my, my issue with it is sort of an issue with the story, is that it's such a reset button at the end. Everything's mm-hmm. back to normal. Everything is like, okay, now we're just gonna go on doing our, you know, extracting gas from the North Sea, and we'll just keep doing mm-hmm. that because we we dealt with the weed. <laughs> like we're not and it's like, well, wait a second, were there any lessons learned? Are there any things you're going to change based on your experience just now? And it seems like no, it was just a weird weed thing, we're done. Yeah, it's like okay. Uh, yeah, everyone's back to normal. Know, don't know Robson. what the point of video that was. Uh, Robson's a nice
1: guy now, uh, and they all like it's fifteen nice minutes sir. from the end. Fifteen yeah. minutes from the end, they have like this big dinner, right, with the right. Harrises and Robson, and they're all and it's sort of a classic denouement scene. But mm-hmm. um, but it's like there's so long left before the end of that episode. Like the the climax comes with like within the ten minutes uh, of the of the final episode the first 10 minutes and and you're like is that as modern audiences were sort of trained to expect more oh there's going to be one last thing right like one the, last
0: tendril coming out of yeah the thing or what we didn't get this one weed creature that escaped and we got hunted down and you know yeah crap it on trap it on the beach or something
1: yeah uh, yeah but we don't get that uh so yeah, it's kind of, it, it seems like the monsters are dealt, the we just dealt with a little too easily, and of course, we we must mention, just this once, Rose, nobody dies. <laughs> Everybody lives. Everybody That's lives. The line. Yeah. <laughs> <But yes. laughs> Everybody what?
0: lives, Rose. Everybody lives. Jeez. Just this once. Do you the think Doctor that... doesn't even acknowledge that, doesn't even make yeah. a big, big deal about it, it's like, oh, everybody's okay. We did. We did good, guys. You know, which like, is like
1: you'd think that, like, if he's if he cares about traveling with Victoria, or maybe he wants to make the case for her continuing to travel. Right. He's like, "Look, you're upset about this," and and yeah, granted, maybe not the best vacation, but
0: <laughs>
1: nobody died. <laughs> and also,
0: she saved everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. her screams. I, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Which is to say that. Well, one thing I watched these with my kids, and this yeah. and this time uh, actually uh, it was just Jack. So uh, just because it was so long, and and we just couldn't make the schedules work for everybody. But the he was observing, uh, you know, his words how "quote unquote" useless <laughs> Victoria was throughout, and Aww. she was basically a screamer. Which yeah. again, I, I I haven't seen a lot of Victoria's run. You know, I think I've seen this mm. in Tube of the Cybermen, and that said, oh by the way, pull to open listeners, this is the actual first. Uh, episode of Doctor Who I had never seen prior Ooh. to watching it for the podcast. So I was actually ah. doubly excited for it. Um so I I'd never seen it. I did honestly did not know the overall structure of the story, what was really you know, I kind of probably read a synopsis at some point, but I honestly, even even about um halfway through, I I still wasn't I it hadn't registered in my head though that this was going to be Victoria's last story. I might have Same. known that in something, but then it, w- it wasn't until the, real, the foreshadowing really starts around episode three or four, where she's like, oh, you know, we, why can't we ever go somewhere peaceful or whatever? You start to get in your head, oh, is this her last story? And I was like, I think it is. I uh, didn't
1: even get to that uh, thought until the final episode. I was even more mm-hmm. in the dark than you, because I thought that Victoria's sudden attack of depression, like that, that comes mm-hmm. so closely to Robson's attack of depression uh right. I was just like, is this is this a plot point, yeah, is this part of the effect of the weed
0: now they now they're making a point about psychopharmacology on top of the, right. of the
1: weed is just bumming people out, man, yeah uh, we, we should say um, is is this by the way the <laughs> is this by the way actually... the that one together the weed, weed, the weed. Yeah. They make so much mention of weed that yeah. it, it's very hard to not do. Uh, <laughs> like it was hard not to do an entire intro to the show where I, where I pull clips from from the show, just like everyone talking about weed. Um, <laughs> it, it does. It does. Like, read read strangely to modern ears, uh, yeah, especially deep, you put your weed in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially as the the original ending was supposed to be Jamie kills the weed with his pipes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you say he totally burns the weed. Man, I can't believe its this pipes, is called swoosh for
0: me. And I'm doing a <laughs> hand over head movement, and now I'm just like, of course, yes, it's sixties. Yeah. The weed guys, we got to fight the weed. It's groovy. Right? <laughs> it's
1: 1968. I mean, thinking, yeah, thinking about the party at the end. It's, you know. <laughs> Was that really wine on the table? Or like what what was going on with their dinner? Party? They
0: should have had some, you know, some little sixties <laughs> jazz played in the background. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, like.
1: Everyone's chilling out. Like no. that would give Victoria a reason to stay. She's like, sorry, no. Doctor. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm turned on and I'm dropping out.
0: I love these cats here, Doctor. They're so cool.
1: It's, yeah, everything's <laughs> groovy and and also I'm convinced that you know north sea gas is a major bummer man i'm gonna organize protests <laughs> yeah yeah it would be a great I arc do. for victoria because mm. victoria's arc is basically you know orphan travels with the doctor uh you know loses lose father i think in her first uh mm. her first story and like right. the arc is just oh well she found a she found her forever family the yeah, end.
0: well she also like encounters the most arguably the worst of the worst in terms of doctor who villains so it's the dalek cyberman yeti mm. Ice warriors she gets all of those in her one season <laughs> and most companions maybe get one maybe two so yeah
1: i sort of feel like uh you know doctor who companion should should be given medals for like every every creature they encountered oh right? wow Maybe this is what Jody would have come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jody would have come back and like pin medals on all the companions who are still yeah. still living. It's uh, like Boy
0: Scout badges. Yeah, you
1: know? you've done, you've completed the Dalek course. Here you go,
0: Here's Dalek <laughs> badge.
1: Yeah, Good job and ace. <laughs> and you're right, Victoria was really dropped in to the middle of it, and that's kind of what she's complaining about. Yeah, she's well, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't you have to take anyone anyone nice, Doctor? Like it, this is a holiday playing with sea foam. Yeah,
0: I think it's fine. Again, I, I haven't seen her whole run, so I don't know uh, enough about the uh, you know kind of what she brings to the table or what she thinks the TARDIS is bringing to mm-hmm. the table for her. Other than she has a home now, which I think is basically it. Um, the one because it's totally fine to to have an arc that is like when I see just how perilous this is. And not just in terms of safety to them, but, you know, the the darkness of the galaxy, the cosmos, you know, brought to bear on my life. Mm. Some people aren't up for that. And I think it was best handled probably with Tegan. I mm. really love her leaving scene and I can't wait to do a Resurrection of the Daleks when we get to it. I have a All lot right. to say about that.
1: We've danced um, around that a lot on the randomizer.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we've done most of that season, except for <laughs> um, that one in the case of Androzani, But yeah. the uh for here it just feels honestly i gotta say a little whiny a little selfish like Mm. i mean like i don't want to put my life in danger anymore and it's kind of more about her which is totally valid it's just i don't think it it it's as as interesting and there's just not much of a character there that i can get behind you know so it's kind of like understandable but i'm not exactly rooting for you for this Um, there
1: is yeah and and also the fact that she describes screaming into a microphone as silly when she knows Ooh. she's being told that it could literally save lives, yeah. and she's like, "No, I can't. It's too silly." You know, like pull yourself together yeah. for goodness' sake. You're, Reach down just... deep.
0: Yeah, but think about those cybermen. What's the colics? <laughs> exactly. how they killed your dad. Like you, you, almost want the doctor to 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 shake her right then. Like again, it's kind of like sixties. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, want... classic sixties screamer. That's what she is, and I gotta say, she is a screamer. I mean, she's mm. she's good at screaming. Uh, that like i know you mentioned in a previous podcast your mother would say sarah was the best screamer yeah i don't I think gotta she stay. yeah victoria. i don't think she watched victoria
1: yeah, yeah. i don't think so she gets I, the gold and medal. And, it, I, and yeah no one will ever uh, i don't think there's any other Who story where where the screaming saves the day right where it actually serves a purpose right and and maybe from this point on the doctor is subtly you know uh, looking for companions who will <laughs> give good screen, um, just in case he ends up in that kind of situation with the weed ever again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. entirely possible. But oh, yeah, there's. there's yeah, we should also mention it's kind of you know, uh, especially coming straight here from the Witchfinders and having our sensors primed for sexism. Uh, she is described uh-huh. as hysterical at one point. Yeah, which yeah. accurate. Just say gendered, you know, insult, but also accurate. Yeah, and she sort of played that way, right? And there's also a scene that that really resonated with me, having come from The Witchfinders, where the doctor and Jamie just sort of like it's the first time Victoria acts out, and they just kind of look at her. And just carry on with what yeah. they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh maybe, maybe the doctor needed to become a woman after that just so it, he would know what it was like to kind of just be ignored in, in that kind of situation. Right. Um, yeah, it kind of reads a little weird to us today. Yeah, know, it is weird. And I, and time.
0: Like I say, the whole screaming resolution, it. it it kind of like lets her save the day, but in this sort of weird, ironic way that's almost Mm. making fun of her. So Mm. I don't know if it's good or bad, which is, again, I think this is sort of the issue with the whole serial in that, like, I don't think it's really fully understands what it's trying to do and probably needs another draft or two to really Mm. have stuff that, hits home or stays with you longer because I just don't think much of this does, unfortunately. Mm.
1: I kinda want to see the timeline of uh this episode and uh when uh when Yoko Ono started screaming on John Lennon's albums. Because it would have been <laughs> this is 1968, it would have been right around now. It was like screaming was in. Yeah. Uh you know, primal scream therapy was was becoming a thing around this time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah screaming was so hot right now.
0: You know I got to say this definitely like and you you alluded to it earlier like this is definitely a very padded episode it feels like mm-hmm. and you you kind of we've done some stuff in season 7 which is the first season of Pertwee and they they cut the number of episodes right cuz Doctor Who wasn't doing super well they weren't sure how long it was going to go and they were trying to you know essentially make it more efficient which I think in a big way saved the show cuz I don't I think you had fewer anyway fewer stories like this where it's so Mm. clearly like they 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 had budgeted for more episodes so we just got to do six even though this is probably a four episode or at best in terms of the stuff that actually happens um and you have things like the weird red herring of the oxygen being the thing they're gonna that's gonna save Mm. them and then they oh well they kind of it kind of does but it kind of doesn't and then the screaming is really the thing but it's and it's it's the it doesn't it doesn't add anything other than sort of giving victoria sort of the the way to 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 save everybody. Um mm. and all the back and forth in the corridors, they're being threatened and then there's the, a uh, there's a bunch of times the weed recedes and mm. stops for no reason. It's yeah. like it's just like, oh, we were just here to scare you for a minute and now
1: we're gone. <laughs> like is this is this the only time that a monster doesn't get a name? Oh, uh, well, midnight never got a name, right? That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe the only time in classic who, because you you you're sort of as as huvians were sort of primed to expect watching Fury from the Deep that at some point it will be announced as you know something like the more you know the <laughs> or Morax or whatever <laughs> which find a Sinoid. monster. The sinoid, We've been here for billions of years, Doctor. Um. Colonizing <laughs> all the worlds.
0: Well, yes. this is like this is a good time to get into a discussion about the weed. Like, what is it? It's never really ex- made explicit what this thing is, and mm-hmm. whether there's actually an intelligence behind it. And there, there's bits of dialogue here and there, but they're kind of contradicted. So early on, the Doctor—not that early on—but once, once the thread is clear. And it, you know the doctor knows it's this weed thing. He talks about how it's parasitic, and yes. it seems to me that the weed itself isn't intelligent, but it has sort of this evil bent to it that uses the minds of the people it infects to yeah. further itself. So it's it's a bit zombie-like in that sense. So that's that's what I kind of took that to mean. But then in episode six, at the beginning. And, and, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt because Robson's mind has obviously been affected, but he talks about his masters, right? And he talks about and he refers Mm. to like the human planet. He says that, like, we're going to get the human planet. So it seems to like fall back on this language of an alien invasion, which some kind of intelligence behind it. So, um, again, it would have been nice to flesh that out and sort of make that more, even if you don't want to give answers, which is okay, like, Mm have them think about it. Like I, all I can think about is um, in terms of the equivalent is the thing where mm. in that movie, one of the best movies of all time, for sure. In my book, it, it, you never get full answers on the nature of this thing and the intelligence behind it, but that's okay because that's the point. It's kind of making you think about it right. uh, and giving you consciously giving you hints on whether it's intelligent or not, what it actually is, what it actually does. But, it, you know, I, I thought that was a masterclass in, like, giving mm. you just enough to create a headcanon that terrifies you, but never really, like, say to you, okay, these are the rules and this is exactly what it is. You, so here, here they, they don't quite do that,
1: and they don't even seem interested in doing it, even though there was yeah. an opportunity. And the doctor isn't interested, which is, which is very undoctor like Like, the doctor's just like, oh, well, had a nice meal off the TARDIS, not going to be curious about this <laughs> random weed doesn't monster. take a sample. Yeah. <laughs> Takes I mean he already has taken a sample right? Yeah, I guess I, so. I love that they do the chemistry uh sequence in the Yeah, targets. that was cool. Yeah, the doctor's like chemistry corner um with K's in it. Um you know and then, and then they but it's like you know they he's got Victoria over here doing one thing. it's like the doctor running a proper lab. It's it's got mm-hmm. you know it shades of uh you know uh, Liz um come along later uh the smith and
0: yeah it's um yeah it does all right i didn't mind them going back to the tardis can we do you want to talk about like the the tardis by the way oh yeah yeah
1: floating do i want to talk about the tardis you know i want to talk about the tardis yeah weird (laughs) i this was one of my favorite things about fury of the deep which is a, a kind of a short list Um, One of my favorite things is the way that the TARDIS is used. It's a first water landing. That was done, by the way, speaking of of, um, uh, shows that we've been to, because originally Victor Pemberton wanted it landing on top of a cliff. uh, But I guess they thought that's the same as the end of the rescue and the beginning of the Romans, uh, two two stories that we've done here on to Open. Um, uh, So he came up with this thing, which they reused for the war games uh of the tardis landing on sea but i i love i don't i i love that as an intro like seeing seeing the tardis come in uh appear as as it as it lands like that's a nice um it certainly works very well in the animation i haven't seen the original film version it's like the only first the, the first 15 seconds survive right because right. of the war games reuse but i especially love that image of the tardis with the dinghy tied up next to it. Like that's a right. just beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I mean, it also, makes total
0: sense that the, I, I guess the
1: perception it. filter was yeah. really on for this one. Cause none of these, you know, <laughs> North sea veterans seem to be noticing that there's a police box just stuck there out in the water.
0: Right. Right. Not suspended on anything. I, I do <laughs> like that. It's, it's just kind of there it's floating yeah. on top of the water and it just does that, which is fine. I mean, like we we've, mm. we've it's it's the TARDIS. It does crazy things, and certainly in future episodes, we've seen it fly mm. just like a ship. So it can. It, why couldn't it uh, if it it's, wanted uh, to? It? Yeah,
1: it's it's a little um, messianic, but but I'll yeah. go with it. I,
0: I I will say it's um it's weird that it, he's never done it again. There's still yeah. established situations where it would have come in handy. Um,
1: you know, under the lake might be
2: <laughs> one of them. But, <laughs>
1: yeah. It, it, yeah, but and it, it maybe it, it just sort of it, it may inform like his his decision in Legopolis to try and land it on the bottom of the Thames, right, to, right. to float well, to the Master's TARDIS out.
0: He, he obviously probably had to like, you know, consciously do that. Okay, I don't want it to float, so I'm gonna yeah. make it do this, and maybe or maybe that's the default, I guess, is it be its behavior. Yeah, but turn off
1: the floating setting.
0: I will say it's I like it because it makes it the TARDIS inaccessible, but not crazy inaccessible during the mm-hmm. adventure. Now, this is obviously pre-TARDIS being a plot device, uh, but the lab, I like the TARDIS lab as a plot device, or yeah. at least the refuge as a plot device, which is a, a thing they were doing in this era, clearly. Um, so so it's it's cool. Like In other words, like it's not under armed guard. It's not in the place uh, where they're at where they can just really easily just, okay, well, the weed's attacking. Let's just go in the TARDIS and wait it out,
1: or whatever, or leave. So...
0: Um, It solves that. Which Victoria
1: wants to do right at the end and Jamie has to be like, no, are you crazy? They're like human people here who the Doctor's trying to save. What, you just want them to die?
0: Yeah, and it's funny, like, again, I don't think the script in that sense serves Victoria well even though, Mm. again, it makes sense and you contrast that with, say, the new series in Rose in Mm. uh, The Party of the Ways where uh, it's one of my best one of the best exchanges uh, between the Doctor and, and Rose where she's like well couldn't we just go back early and warn everybody he's like i oh, can't do that we're part of events now but there's a thing mm-hmm. that could do to take us away we could just yeah. go and she's yeah. like uh, you would never do that and it's like no but you could ask and it's like it's interesting like i hate to you know keep
1: harping on victoria but it is like a bit of an upgrade there
0: with, yeah. with rose
1: yeah and it's uh, yeah it just sort of doesn't leave us well disposed towards victoria but you're right i'm I'm glad that the question gets asked i feel like the question should get asked much more and you would sort of go through that fear phase as a as a companion to the doctor yeah you know you're just like oh, i just want to go back to safety like it's a very primal urge yeah uh, well they do address it here and there
0: in various mm-hmm. places um you know i think we've even seen it recently right with uh rosa uh, yeah. Which again was very specific about people of color, companions of mm. color, mm. Uh, but the doctor is kind of like, you guys can sit this out if you want, you know, like we're this is not a you know, good time for you. Uh, and then you know, obviously the the, the story happens, but I, I I do like it when this the story like uh, the, the show you don't have a show if your companions aren't constantly in danger. Mm. Um, but when it becomes something that uh, they they actually openly talk about and um make it almost like a prerequisite for coming on board, right? Like again, not to keep going back to Rose, but like she asks, is it always this dangerous? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you're gonna go in eyes wide open coming with with
1: me. Um, you're yeah. not.
0: It's not, you know, a safety on rails type of thing. This is this is for this is the saying. This is for real.
1: Speaking of self-aware moments um that almost feel like modern show worthy, right? The the point where Jamie points out we always lang- land in England, you know, never in Scotland. The TARDIS must be broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I, I sort of feel like the doctor filed that away for future use, and that's why he had so many Scottish incarnations going forward. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, Jamie. Like you finally still... made it back to Scotland, years <laughs> of light. Exactly. There are the Yeah, we can't forget that this time. We forgot <laughs> it last time. Indeed. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I, I, I like that moment where they're just like, here's a, here's a potential reason for why the Doctor might be <laughs> visiting England all the time. It's just, he can't pilot the TARDIS. The TARDIS itself really likes uh, mm-hmm. the the English weather. Uh, maybe, it, it, you know, it's like, maybe going to England for the TARDIS is like taking a shower. Like, you feel right. so much cleaner afterwards. Okay. So you just get washed off by all the rain. Um, (laughs) but it's interesting to compare this to it it sort of forms a loose trilogy i think with two other stories that we've been to one is inferno right um which would be coming up shortly and then one is the the green death yeah Uh, yeah and and the environmental message gets less subtle with each one right as you move on uh but each has got their you know this is this is going to provide power for all of England kind of thing, mm-hmm. except the North Sea natural gas in this uh, episode appears to be uh, fueling southern England and Wales. To which mm. my my northern reaction was, "What about the north? What the <laughs> hell, it's the North Sea, and you're not we like we don't get the benefit of this natural gas." Yeah, the, the,
0: what the hell, future England. Maybe maybe they just, you know, in the future they just don't need it. You know, they're all it's like it's like, you know, those those maps where they show North Korea and South Korea at night? It's yeah. like, yeah, Scotland's just a dark night. They don't need anything. They're...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's definitely an accurate reflection of how the BBC felt about the North. And at least Jamie's there to make Scotland visible and to reflect, you know, Scottish uh outrage at, at never being featured in these adventures past the Highlanders. Um
0: and <laughs> maybe
1: you know, but like it maybe he needs a northern character <laughs> to come well, along say. So. I,
0: I guess maybe they've just figured there'd be more discovered in the north and and that they would be supplied by that or something yeah. else. Certainly not solar energy. I mean <laughs> man, the
1: UK Wind power perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean But what what do you think of it as a trilogy? I mean I, I think that it's uh, one of the things I, I noticed watching Fury from, Fury from the Deep was it's like you really feel the lack of unit in mm-hmm. this one, and that's what Inferno does have and what Green Death does have, and maybe it's the missing secret source that would have made Fury from the Deep great. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I mm. think
0: this is this story's impeded by a few things. One is this padding I talked about before. Two is the choice of effects that they decided to go with which is these which involved a lot of foam a lot of foam and you know i guess i, I having not seen the actual on uh, live action seaweed mm. it's hard to judge but by everything i've read like this was the foam in particular made things very difficult so like <laughs> effect sequences they only had one take on a lot of them and as a result you know the action it, it, it really suffers like episode yeah. six it, it's over really quickly there's nothing that like even in the animation with the guns and stuff that really like makes you stop and like oh is, is something going to happen whereas inferno makes a lot better choices i talked about it at mm-hmm. the time that the prime words actually work better than you might think and they provide a lot of visceral danger that yeah. um this i just never was feeling it um i don't know maybe it's partly because it was animated um so it's impeded by those things and then third i mean as i talked about at the outset it it doesn't follow through with its point
2: hmm. even if
0: it has one like if again if it's making environmental point and it seems to be like there needs to be something at the end that is like whoa that was a bad idea <laughs> you know like yeah which, you almost you need a,
1: yeah. a doctor speech saying you know you you no. fools, you you, yes. you scientists. Yes. You scientists thought that, you know, you, you spent so long worrying about whether you could that you didn't think about whether you should. Basically. Well, you think it about some like variation on that. Yeah.
0: And, and you think about how Troughton is sort of closing out here and he's mm. doing great, like his, his normal thing. What? Oh, whatever. And it's all panicky at the time. But yeah. then he's like laughing with everyone. There's no like think about Pertwee at the end of Inferno mm. and he's, he's been driven almost nuts. By yeah. his vision in the parallel world, and he's taking spanners and smashing things, and he's just like, "Stop this drilling!" You know, like he is just fully converted into this. Like this is the worst idea humanity's ever had. Don't do yeah. this. And then, they and then he tries the right to, away.
1: and then he tries to get away at the end. Like he 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 is Victoria in, in that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the equivalent to Victoria at the end of Furno is the Doctor tries to leave himself right, and he tries to yeah. take the the TARDIS console and leave the brigadier forever. So yes, in uh, other words, else. yeah, yeah. Inferno is definitely a better, an upgraded version
0: of this. Mm-hmm. The green mm-hmm. death, I, I think it's the best version of this message in all three. I think the green death takes it even further and just makes everything more explicit mm-hmm. and is very much, you know, it's like, it's almost a uh, caricatures at this, at that point where it's like the evil company with the evil CEO who doesn't give one damn about all the pollution they're, they're mm-hmm. you know sweeping under the rug of England. Essentially, into this mine shaft, and right. leads to the grossest outcome with all these giant maggots crawling around. So there was a lot to like about that story with all that fun maggot stuff yeah. and dialogue, and and you know Joe's journey there was much better than Victoria's here, right? Uh, but it does get pretty ham-fisted by the end of this trilogy.
1: It, yeah, it does, and 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 Joe is once again a, a uh, reduced to a lab assistant. The way, right. the way the Victoria is, right? yeah, uh, but there are there there are similar chemistry scenes, right? It's still mm-hmm. it's still Doctor Who trying to trying to teach you a bit of chemistry. Yeah. it's kind of interesting that that, that hadn't changed. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, nothing but, wrong with that at all. But
0: yeah, so um, oh, by the way, did we did we unpack the Sonic Screwdriver a little?
1: bit? Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. about that. So so let's talk about how how it came to be first of all Mm -hmm. it was i i believe was it the props guy who says you know hey it just seems weird that the doctor would use a normal screwdriver Mm -hmm. for this uh how about a sonic screwdriver uh like yeah cool he picks out a prop he drops the prop (laughs) in the pipe which is like what they couldn't get it back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't have one of those grabber claws that could go, because now we don't even know time. what that, we don't even know what that prop looked like now, right? There are no surviving pictures of the original Sonic screwdriver.
0: There's, yeah, it says it was like a pen light of some yes. kind.
1: So I
0: had sort of fading memory, but I do know there's something similar I think he uses in the war games right um, so uh, that's probably the equivalent of whatever that prop was but he ends um, up
1: having to use victoria's uh, or deborah watling's whistle from yeah. her life jacket
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so it doesn't look like a lot
1: in this early yeah album. yeah and, and they, they sort of big it up for the um for the animated version they make it four screws instead of one big screw i believe is the change they make right which kind of Uh, makes a little more sense
0: yeah (laughs) in terms of how you would actually build a thing like how would you ever attach anything with one screw and make that actually work but it's also Um, interesting the doctor
1: doesn't think of using the sonic ever again in this story once it's been introduced yeah like you know (laughs) not not to harp on the uh, Chekhov's gun trope, but this is definitely Chekhov's Sonic Screwdriver that doesn't go off by the end. It could have been used to enhance Victoria's Screams or something. You could sort of in your head canon think about Mm. like all the
0: things they magically sort of create at the end in terms of Sonic weapons, and they must Mm. have built those somehow pretty quickly. And I got to think the Sonic Screwdriver was involved in that. Um, But that's a little bit, that's a bit of a stretch yeah it is kind of nuts right because it's like sonics do end up being the thing that they Uh defeat this creature with um maybe in a sense this was the sonic screwdriver foreshadowing i guess maybe it's kind of a stretch too but yeah uh, i will say like i do like that it's literally a screwdriver (laughs) <laughs> In its first appearance.
1: Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. I, I had to like I also did not know that this uh as well as not knowing it was Victoria's Last, did not know it was the Sonic screwdriver's first appearance. So hmm. I I had to I was watching with my wife. We had to pause it excitedly, Google it, you know, make sure this was the first appearance. Yes, it is actually a screwdriver. It actually deals with <laughs> screws. My God, I never knew. Um, Which is a, it's a very actually
0: useful thing to do like yeah. i will say like being able to unscrew stuff no matter how big presumably i mean you know within reason i don't think it's unscrewing at at <laughs> that range but it is like you know you could you could do this with sound waves it's it's in your head you get it and it sort of makes sense on Doctor Who level, even though this is not a thing like the door handle in Inferno, which will easily be overtaken by actual technology. I mean, right. there's enough sort of quote-unquote Doctor Who science magic here that it will remain, even if it even if if it just remained a screwdriver throughout,
1: like it would still be kind of cool and futury. And- oh my God, how useful would a a, a screwdriver that is operated by sound? actually be like right. never having to you'd never need to like change the phillips head for a flat head you know you'd never mm-hmm. never need to mess around with that never never you know accidentally misthread the screw or whatever it's called you know just like yeah just yeah. pointed at it and you, you wouldn't know.
0: need like presumably you wouldn't even need things like i have all these allen wrenches for bikes and whatever right like yeah. you, you need and you need two sets of allen wrenches to do anything because you need your imperial and your metric ones yeah. and, and you, you just as you do things around your house or whatever you acquire all these tools what if you just had one tool i mean not always one but like you probably still need to drill or something but it's like yeah. if that did all the screwing that i ever needed to do
1: that would be, yeah. huge. That'd Why, be huge right you'd save so much time yeah. You know Sundays would be tr- twice as productive Well, I'm damn right, in, I would take it everywhere
0: I go <laughs> <laughs> It's the one tool yeah. you need and it would be uh. so
1: useful for for pranks and you know <laughs> amuse, amuse yeah. your friend by removing the <laughs> screws from doors wherever you go uh, it, has the doctor this may be a question for our listeners, but to your knowledge, has the doctor ever used the Sonic screwdriver as a screwdriver again? war games. War games. Okay. Uh, that's
0: also um, and uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, they've joked about it about uh, yeah. him assembling cabinets. To <laughs> yes, what are you going to do?
1: Assemble a cabinet at me? Um, <laughs> I love that. Love that John Hurt line and Dare the Doctor. Um, but yeah, it's it. It's. It, I, I will say that I think that the, the Daleks uh, and the sidemen are both very lucky that their design does not include any screws. Um mm. if the doctor no, just rivets. go like point and maybe this is, you know, RTD if you're listening, maybe maybe an episode where the doctor kind of points a sonic screwdriver at the Daleks and all of their rivets immediately drop out. Oh, that'd be amazing. Okay. i
0: love to see that. And they
1: then just then it's all like, fall to pieces. He
0: only does it he only could do it like once, because after that they realize they got a deadlock seal every rivet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe he has to like uh hook up the screwdriver to the heart of the TARDIS so it has to be wired for that one moment oh that's amazing you like, defeats it the Daleks
0: means- by unscrewing them and then they're just these little you know Dalek blobs wandering around in in like, <laughs> shells yeah
1: exactly but you know on the plus side they can now climb stairs Ah, that's true. <laughs> tentacle by tentacle. And like, oh, we can't stop us now, Doctor. Um, but yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to see that. And I love the idea that would require so much energy that you need like, to hook it up to the heart of the TARDIS or a dying star or something. Uh, and that's the way you get around like only being able to do it once. I love it.
0: So uh, before we get into our four questions to Doomsday, I did want to return to the thing I started talking about at the beginning uh, because I I do think it merits a little bit of uh, peeling back the layers of it, which is that what is this story trying to say something about authority figures Mm. and you have a, a number of them here, right? You have Robson who's, you know, the guy with practical experience and, but he's sort of driven by seemingly this need to perform or to have a perfect record or what have you to ensure like that the, right. the base keeps operating, uh, which is why he's so obstinate and doing the wrong thing. Then the you spice have,
1: must flow. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And, um, we've seen it quite like, he's kind of the most Stallman esque equivalent yes. of everyone he's like except what?
1: he's not like he's not driven by in- intelligence he's just driven by uh this is my job you know yeah. he's, he's a not, job's worth as we would say in the uk
0: yeah it's not quite ego even though mm. his ego is involved it's more like it seems to me he's been given this thing he needs to do by virtue of his job and virtue of his mm. superiors i guess and he's just like i i don't want to look bad mm. you know uh and i don't want to ruin my record um and he's just obviously a hard ass, but, you know, uh, that's, I, I think it's, it seems like it's the, given the message, he's mellowed a bit at the end, but it's still kind of okay that he's a hard ass because that's who he is.
1: I don't know. It, it is kind of amazing that he gets invited to dinner with the Harrises after having pissed off both of them so much and shown so little care or interest uh, for Maggie Harris. I know. Uh you know, Miss, Mr. Harris is like, but my wife, my wife, my wife, like half of his dialogue is my wife. Yeah, well, and... in fairness
0: to Robson, that got really tiresome by like, like <laughs> three or four. And, I, you know, again, for the character, I get it. But yeah. you're clearly compromised now in terms of yeah. how you can perform and what you can do because of your, uh, cons- your personal concerns. So you're, you're not a good authority figure either. Yeah. Then there's um the Dutch guy. Um, yeah. Who- Hutchins or something like that.
1: Right, which is yeah. kind of you know again brings us back to the the thing thing that not that it hasn't aged well, but like yeah the the Dutch were very involved in North sea drilling like they they were the first ones to find oil in nineteen fifty nine I believe so but but yeah again yeah. Uh, why do you why do you need that just to justify the fact that you're calling it the european uh pipeline or whatever yeah, it was? I
0: don't mind it again, this is very sixties and seventies doctor who of this future vision of more of a united Europe and world government, you know, that that that's that's kind of like if there's a vision of political future in Doctor Who, it's this sort of gradual unity. Mm. And, you know, certainly <laughs> probably hasn't come to pass in the way that they thought, but mm-hmm. the... But, um, but in Europe, kind of. Yeah, I guess it's kind of lip service, but taking mm-hmm. the character of Van, uh, I think it's Lechens, Lechens, whatever, the Dutch guy, Um, Mm. he's kind of like this hapless figure because he, while he's there and he's clearly probably the guy who should be in charge, he's stymied by the fact that the system he's in keeps his role advisory and he can't actually Mm. affect change. He has no authority to affect change. And all he can do is sort of go down on his own and try to fix the problem, which doesn't do anything because he just gets captured by the, he gets taken over by the weed. Uh, and it's obviously it's also never clear how he gets out to the rig at that point i i i I presume he's just you know taken out to to see in the same way that uh, Mrs. Harris sort of walks out to sea and they all just sort of end up at the rig by the way that was i thought I thought that was actually a good creepy cliffhanger
1: where I love that cliffhanger yeah. especially with the music there is some there's some great music at kind of the the cliffhanger moments in these episodes where you sort of really feel the radiophonic workshop is kind of doing some like uh groovy 60s Damn. ambient music and it's really quite chilling especially when she walks into the sea um and i was actually going to ask you like what does she does she end up at the platform is that where she's retrieved because it's just not clear to me oh, how definitely, she cuz she's survives on that.
0: she's on the um the video phone at the end okay yeah yeah, yeah. But when robson right. is okay she's she's right beside him
1: so, so she just swam there, or like the weed made her able to breathe underwater. Well, that's or? another thing,
0: right? Again, it, 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 just not enough, I guess. That's <laughs> implied, but I, here's where uh, I would like to know: like, yeah. do you get gills by being part of the weed? Like, because the same mm. thing is uh, implied with Van Lutchen's because he's just taken over in the base, and you never see him again until you you see him out at the rig. You know, he's—I—I mm. I think that's him, right? With the when he has the mask on. And when mm. when they all rise up out of the foam, when Robson is in front, uh, Van then is like right behind him. I think, maybe I'm wrong, mm. um, but that was what I got. So, but he must have he must have swam out if that was the case. Yeah, uh, or walked out. I guess they walk along the bottom <laughs> of the bottom of the ocean. I guess I don't know.
1: Maybe they um, just float on a pile of foam.
0: But just to close the book on the authority figures, so then at the. At, in the last couple of episodes, this woman Megan, Megan Jones shows up, mm. um, and I, I it kind of went past me. I'm not, not sure exactly who she was supposed to be, whether she was like the person in charge of ESGO generally, or mm. a government official or whatever. But she's clearly larger in charge and ends up being uh, almost redeeming the more sexist overtones of it because she seems the most uh, competent of all the authority figures, because she's Mm. there, she's trying to get them back on track, but then when she realizes there's this threat that she has to go beyond what she wanted to do, and then she slowly but surely begins to trust the doctor because obviously he's the only guy who really can help and knows what the hell's going on. Um, So, you know, her being in charge actually ends up sort of helping fix the whole thing, because otherwise if Harris stayed in charge, they would have just evacuated and uh, maybe presumably the reed would have taken over but we can talk about that
1: in the is, uh, uh, evil plot. It,
0: succeeding.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it is kind of interesting that she um, she's just sort of casually accepted as, as a, a, a powerful woman in a powerful position and, and nobody comments on it. Like there's no you know, there's no none of the casual sexism of like Spearhead from Space. Yeah, we were talking about the oh, you, know, you know, a lady scientist. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I mean, again, to the show's credit, though, right? Mm, like, oh, I think absolutely. In terms 100%. of like, this is it's good to see it's casual. Like, okay, boom, yeah. she's here, she's in charge. Uh, you know, this is well before Thatcher was.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it before a- the so so feminism really gets going in about sixty nine uh like the uh, second wave feminism i forget which wave it was but like it, it really sort of explodes as a thing mm-hmm. a little bit after uh 68 so uh yeah so it's it's especially nice to see uh, dr who at the times here um one way that one way in which i think this is not um aged well is the way that they approach the foam the sea foam when they first mm-hmm. see it and this was apparently a a um uh, Ad libbed moment or a spontaneous moment where they just sort of like they were just having fun, you know. Uh, Fraser Hines and Patrick Trout and, and Deborah Watling were just messing around on the beach and like they start throwing foam in each other's faces. <laughs> and it, uh, well. <laughs> it just got well, first of all, like if you see a bunch of foam on a beach now, uh, you, would you would you tell your kids to go play in it? <laughs> uh, but, no, but you see foam on a beach... Now it kind yeah. of reads as something's gone wrong, right? This True. is some chemical yeah. bullshit, right? Uh, if is, I was a college messy. student, though, <laughs> I, I, I might. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But they they did apparently at the time, I found a uh, a review from the New Statesman um, of, of this. God knows why the New Statesman was reviewing Doctor Who. But anyway, they described it as ludicrous larking about on a beach
0: see i like the scene because it's fun and it is like i didn't realize it was spontaneous and not scripted um but i'm glad i'm kind of glad it was and they left it in because it's just like <laughs> we're just goofing around and it's just a very real kind of tardis team moment and it was really nice to see the story uh sort of begin with that
1: right but but to have like no ill effects from that nothing and nothing at all goes wrong yeah it's just they're just mucking about in foam uh <laughs> it makes it just seem a little light and and weird and a bit bit of bit fillerish but yeah you know it it is always it's always nice to see patrick Troughton have fun i think with the role.
0: I think you're right in that it would have been better, again, rushed for time. I think they could have done another draft where that becomes a thing that starts to affect them huh. in some way. And then they sort of discern like, oh, that was kind of a bad idea, but something amiss is going wrong here. I think, again, to see echoes of that in future episodes, they weren't messing about with it, but in Caves of Androzani, it's kind of it's kind of a cool episode for so a lot of reasons, but one of them is that this seemingly innocuous thing that happens in episode one ends up being the pivotal thing
1: that mm.
0: uh infects both the doctor and Perry in that one, which which could you know, that's that's just kind of a a cool thing to do in terms of a story where it's yeah. like this this thing that just could happen to anyone, happen to you, and boom, now you are screwed. So. Yeah,
1: we, I guess we've we've now identified like three ways in which uh, in which uh, Fury from the Deep does not adhere to the Chekhov's gun principle. <laughs> we have got Chekhov's foam, Chekhov's sonic screwdriver. But if you uh, see it as one of all these things, yeah, like yeah,
0: they the Doctor Who rightly and you know it was good. They upgraded all of those things and did them right in future yeah. episodes. So they did. Know. It had to start they, somewhere. <laughs> they
1: did, and you know, I'll I'll give Fury from the Deep another another piece of credit. It did teach me um, how the Dutch pronounce the Hague. Ah, uh, the, the okay. Hog. I must report to my superiors in the hog, Uh That is actually accurate. You're, you're, That's how you'd say it in Dutch. Uh, you know, you're picturing this giant pig that he's reporting to. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: I must report to Den Hag. You're not talking yes. about Boss Hog, are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> How did he get in charge of, you know,
1: the Netflix? Uh, if only the Hog was in charge of all of us and uh, <laughs> would actually prosecute some war crimes. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. But, so I'll give,
0: I'll give Free the Deep other credit, too. I do think the animation is very good in places. Mm. There is... Jack, in particular, really liked episode four, Mm-hmm. Um, for what he called it cinematography and some of the uh some of the moments and it, it, some of them look great there's a bit where victoria's in that room and you see this hint of light coming out of it it's like the morning mm-hmm. sun or something but it's it's sort of backlighting her and jamie and when the doctor comes in he's like really interestingly illuminated by it it's almost like this weird glow that comes in from the and it's like wow like that
1: that's really good animation um it's, just, definitely, you know, it's definitely it's definitely a hashtag mood um yeah, yeah. this whole this whole story very very moody uh and I can see why why a lot of people actually like it like there there are a bunch of sites that actually gave this good reviews um mm-hmm. and uh not not one that I shared particularly but I could certainly appreciate the sort of the horror movie vibe of this um it's it's very atmospheric, even when not a lot is happening. Uh, the music definitely helps with that, create yeah. that mood. But also, yeah, you know, like the, the the moment I really wanted to see the original film, maybe we never will, but of the moment where in episode six, where Robson and all of the uh, transformed humans kind of rise up out of the foam. Right. Uh, I thought that was really kind of creepy on in the animated version. Uh I I suspect like a little less creepy because the foam doesn't seem to have worked for anyone. <laughs> just reading the right. reviews from the time. Uh that you know, a lot of people mentioned the foam was was pretty poor. Um but but yeah, like that that yeah. that was an interesting mood. It, it kind of, that kinda of got me. Um and, and perhaps this is this good story to watch if you are, you know, a completist, you do want to watch all of all of Doctor Who, not necessarily in random order like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just have this one in the background and be doing something else. Like it's a good, <laughs> it's good wallpaper yeah. Doctor Who, right? I good mean, wallpaper
0: I, Doctor Who. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were talking just before the air. I, I it is October. I am I uh, mentioned to Pete that I'm doing Inktober, which is, uh, you know where you where you tr- do a different drawing and you post it on Instagram every day. Uh, and so I'm looking for st- actively looking for shows that i don't have to watch too closely um, and that's kind of what what Fury of the Deep was for me is nice nice wallpaper while i while I made a drawing yeah, yeah that's fair so yeah if you've got any sewing that you need to do, uh, <laughs> you know clothes folding I actually did some great clothes folding with episode three. Um, if you have you know, a TV in front of your treadmill. Yes, <laughs> this is the so yes. thing to do. Or maybe imagine yourself, imagine yeah. yourself running through foam. Um, <laughs> maybe put it next to your rowing machine. I don't know. Yeah, I think just generally the foam is
0: kind of a a badge. I don't think it was necessary. You know, I, yeah. I get why they did yeah. it. You know, it's okay. The sea, bad things in the sea, foam. That would be cool, easy to do on a sixties <laughs> budget. But I mean, <laughs> the seaweed was enough.
1: You know, I'm just like... thinking if it was if it was John Nathan Turner, there would be some backstory about how he wanted to buy a foam machine for a party. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and had to come up with a script to match. It just just as long as it gets the
0: weed in there, man. <laughs> you time. Oh man. So one yeah. more Easter egg I do want to give mm. you credit for is the International Electromatics one. So with this you get a close-up on the loudspeakers. Yeah. It says IE, the logo's IE, and their uh, catchphrase apparently is Be Like Us. So what is which... that
1: a reference to? I didn't I didn't recognize it.
0: Oh, well, that is a reference to the invasion, of course. Uh, ah. International Electromatics was the company um, that the bad guy is in charge of in that episode. But also, of course, Be Like Us. Mm, Cybermen. Cybermen catchphrase, yes. Mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. So Talk a little reminiscent
1: it. of we we've talked about the the Twitter account where you're like you know you uh, that very much puts conversion in a an appealing modern uh, framing, right? With the you know don't don't get woke, get converted or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cy- Cybus industries. Cybus industries, right? Yeah. So it's a nice, nice sort of uh, flick to that. But, but no, no, yeah, no magpie mentioned here. No magpie electricals. Oh, there wasn't, was there? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that yeah. can't do it all. <laughs> Next time. But yeah, maybe maybe the Cybermen had interest in, uh, in the foam, uh, but mm. ultimately decided it was too silly.
0: Mm. Well, maybe they simply had questions about it, but we have some <laughs> questions as well. Questions that demand answers, Chris. And those are, of course, the four questions to Doomsday. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And the first question is, why did the randomizer take us here? Uh,
1: well, we know why. We know why. <laughs> we know why. I've I've written under under my answer to this question that I typed out beforehand. Mud, mud, mud. Yes, um, because the mud creatures in the Witchfinders and the the fact that this threat was originally pitched as mud rather than foam. Um. Yeah. We've got the, the loose trilogy stuff with Inferno and Green Death. We've now completed that trilogy. Hmm. Um, the mud in the slide was green, by the way. Um, it is uh, topical with Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. And the whole question of natural gas still bedeviling Europe uh, right now with right. The, the war in Ukraine. Um uh, the randomizer definitely knows that I like uh, weird Tardis episodes, so the Tardis floating on the sea definitely counts. Um, hmm. well,
0: that's and, a lot. Uh, of, that's a lot of uh, reasons. I, I love You of had reasons. me at mud. You had me at mud. <laughs> it was to me. It was just so obvious. Witchfinders, mud creature. This was supposed to be a mud creature, at least in the original, um, original slide. So yeah, so, there it is
1: yeah all Uh, right anything anything else that we can we can say why they brought why it brought us here no there's Uh, nothing else (laughs) nothing
0: (laughs) (laughs) although i will say that the randomizer has set out a challenge for itself i will say in that i want to see an episode now that redeems victoria in my eyes Mm,
1: because i I did not come
0: come away liking her so this is kind of my challenger for challenge for later but it is. Um,
1: we we didn't mention in our recap as well, but we also did recently go to the two doctors, uh, which mentions Victor- which ha- not only has Jamie but also mentions Victoria mm-hmm. as having been dropped off. Um, you know, yeah. so at some point during her run, yeah,
0: right? to learn something. It's because yeah. the, the I forget what it is. The and doctor mentions uh, I don't know why she wants to learn X, but. Whatever, right. And then Jamie expresses concern that are we, are, are we going to be able to get back to her? So it's clearly not like the two doctors is not set after this, right? right. When definitely... He's Presumably traveling alone with Jamie. It's, it's mm. during the run. Again, if you read the two doctors that way, there's the whole season six B read, which as I said at the time, I think while it's a cool thing and a lot of people consider a canon now you don't need it to explain the two doctors, just the time Lords erase their memories and it happens during the run. With uh
1: JB and Victoria. Can you uh here here we go and with our pull to open trivia question, do you remember the other pull to open episode uh where that mentions Victoria? Uh the the other well, the other story we've covered that mentions Victoria. Oh. Is this a trivia question for me <laughs> Yeah, trivia question for you, Pete. Can you <laughs> <laughs> the clock is ticking, you've got one minute to answer. Mentions Victoria. <laughs> Goodness me. I'll uh, uh, I'll give you I'll give you another clue, unit dating controversy. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm no. not. What's, it's not any
0: bells. I'm sorry. Uh one more we, clue, Tom Baker. Uh then it must have
1: been the okay, I'm gonna cheat now. Look at the card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I'll tell you. Yeah. It's the pyramids pyramids of Mars.
0: But what does it have to do with Victoria?
1: Right at the start, Sarah comes out in a dress that I believe oh, Victoria wore. Oh yeah. And the doctor misidentifies yeah. her as Victoria. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my Which goodness. is interesting. For a companion who was only with him for like one one season, uh obviously she left a deep impression. Will I will I be asked back? <laughs> That's okay. You know, you will you'll, you'll you'll have to we'll have to put you through a special uh you know uh TLDW next time. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I need to
0: do some uh re-education
1: a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we're sending you to the pyramids of Mars re-education camp. Yes. Uh you and you and Sutek. Oxygen um, optional. By the way, there is another Sutek, uh pyramids of Mars connection, just to get really nerdy here, <laughs> do in it. that Sutek is like I think for the DVDs, they did a bunch of, like, interviewing the monsters thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where Sutek is sitting down, like, they have a guy in a Sutek mask sitting down with one of the show's producers. And at some point in that skit, uh, Sutek accidentally deletes the Fury uh, from the Deep. He <laughs> 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 accidentally That's wipes crazy. it over. Oh, yeah. man. Which we should mention, like, we, we haven't mentioned this, but I believe Fury from the Deep is chronologically the last... Doctor Who story to get erased. Uh, oh, took place in 1974, so it's like mm. right as uh, Tom Baker is coming along. They're they're still deleting it. Yeah, they
0: were they were. I think yeah, stuff was getting destroyed. It's 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 criminal how late in our time, <laughs> the real timeline, they were they were destroying old episodes, and I think they were probably even de- destroying some copies after that wouldn't um, it be great if
1: every time they they just had to destroy it means it's, it's barbarism that they did it of course mm-hmm. but if if they built that into the show it's like every time they wipe over an episode the doctor sort of feels a past self <laughs> being lost <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much f- five doctors or two doctors style he's like oh a piece of me is missing i don't know
0: yeah what's the going on that all this erasure was really the master's plot
1: <laughs> yeah it's actually being erased from yeah. the matrix um much of
0: the damage has still been done but uh moving on to our second question to doomsday speaking of evil plots what if this one had succeeded and i guess obviously it's the the weeds evil plot uh, (laughs) which again we don't really know the nature of it but presuming it does succeed so i guess can can um, i just say by the
1: way um on, on the seaweed front, I, I'm going to add this as a reason why the randomizer took us here. I just went to a Wired conference in this last week. Wired magazine did mm-hmm. a climate change summit this week in San Francisco. And I tried, for the very first time, bacon made from seaweed. Oh. Uh, it is not on the market yet, but it is freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. And it was actually a, a startup that had gotten a Department of Energy grant to use seaweed for energy but they discovered that the oil they were coming up with was actually much more effective as a you know a nice fatty tasty oil so they're now making uh, bacon out of seaweed and it tastes exactly like bacon that's amazing and I don't I don't doubt it because
0: I'm glad you brought up seaweed as a food yeah because I I remember I probably never really had it or knowingly had it until I took a trip to Korea Mm. Uh, some time ago for when I was a tech editor and I was visiting uh, Samsung or whoever. Mm. And, you know, it's obviously super common there. And you would, as, with your meal, you would have as one of the many things sort of around your plate, like this seaweed uh, strips that, you know, you'd have a, has have, a, have as an appetizer. And mm. I loved it so much. I thought this was delicious. <clears throat> I actually bought a ton of the stuff at the <laughs> airport to take mm. home and i was just like kind of happy as a clam like i'm gonna be eating seaweed all the time and i'm gonna love this and i got tired of it after about a week
1: But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it was, was only be- in that environment i i've yeah. done that before where i've like bought seaweed crisps on on amazon yeah. and i'm like yeah this is gonna replace all of my snacking on potato chips and then you're like eh yeah. not really <laughs>
2: yeah
1: just
0: like It's, you know, obviously it's a different texture, but it's also like, yeah, you just get, you just get kind of
1: tired of it pretty quickly. But it is the most abundant protein source on the planet. So it's sort of interesting that uh, Doctor Who has not tackled that because they've, they've, they've talked about the food crisis. They've talked about the energy crisis. Uh, Seaweed might've been a missed opportunity there.
0: Oh, it's also like, don't, don't demonize seaweed. Yeah, man. Come on. Yeah, good for you. It can be delicious.
1: Yeah, exactly. But so if I'm going to say, I'm going to say this: if the evil plot has succeeded, we just have a lot more more uh, fake bacon. <laughs> um, good for the world. Exactly. I
0: mean, it's you know, is it really so bad if everyone gets taken over by the weed creature? Like, it's what does good. the weed creature even want? Now we're all here, and we're furthering more seaweed, and everyone's yeah. consuming seaweed. I guess. Well, maybe that's maybe, uh, animalism, though.
1: Maybe the randomizer has become a vegetarian, and this is what it's trying to tell us with with the seaweed stories, with the two doctors, and it's uh, really affected the randomizer. It's it's not eating meat from now on. Um, Yeah, so let's let's say it does succeed, um, and it uses the it takes the doctor over. Yeah, presumably the only way
0: it could take over the planet. Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening if it doesn't have that knowledge and that. Access to the TARDIS and just the ability to kind of think on that scale. Mm. Um, So, if it does take over the Doctor, then I think Earth is effectively doomed. But how badly, how badly doomed is it if nobody really dies? You know, yeah,
1: and and also given the uh, the Doctor's historic blindness here for Scotland and the north of England, maybe it just takes over. Uh, the south of England and Wales. Um, there, there was actually a deleted scene from the script, I believe one of, the, one of the last things to be deleted, where we see the seaweed or the foam or both take over a conference on land because now it's got access to the pipeline. It can go anywhere. So they have this sort of, you know, to build the sense of peril, they they have a bunch of scientists at a conference and then they're, they're all taken over by by the weed. Um Oh, wow. So, like, yeah. before they defeat it, right? So, presumably, that that
0: conference is also gets the sonic waves or whatever. And it, or I
1: guess, yeah. I mean, it's probably
0: for budget. You know, like yeah. We, yeah. we can't set up another conference room and that would take another two days and, you know, th- another few thousand pounds that we don't have.
1: Mm hmm. You know? Yeah, I guess we we so we all get taken over by the weed, and we all have to put on white gloves to hide the <laughs> the seaweed climbing up our hands. Or maybe we don't. Maybe we're now proud of our new seaweed masters. Um, mm. And yeah, uh, yeah like we we all just we all just work a lot harder. I sort of feel like yeah. you know, if Robson is any example of like a seaweed uh, based employee. Uh, it's going to be hella good for productivity.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, work a lot harder at what though? What are we
1: doing? Are we, are we just like, whatever like, our jobs are everywhere? Like we're going I, to get a little more histrionic about well, things. Funny, like
0: if you think about the scale of this thing. So you, the first we see of the weed is like the tiny little breakdancing weed <laughs> that <laughs> I, we see from the file. And then <laughs> gradually it builds to episode
1: six, where you have these
0: massive, like power of crawl size tentacles, right, coming out at the. Dock. Apparently, it was,
1: in the original, by the way, apparently it was just one tentacle. But I—that mm. I, is one advantage of the animation—is you got all of these tentacles coming out of the sea.
0: Yeah, so all these uh all these things are coming out. So if you think if you scale that up even further, I can't wait to see Weed World where like <laughs> it's basically like Starro the Conqueror in space, right? Like the the Earth is just this giant tendril and it's like they're coming out to the other planets and stuff. Like that would be mental. I would love it. Th- I
1: think, I think, Pete, if we were to write a spec script and shop it around <laughs> Hollywood and just call it Weed World, I think it would get greenlit. Um, hey, <laughs> unintentional pun. Directed by Seth Rogen. Um, yeah, exactly. Get Seth Rogen on board, and he's just giggling exactly. maniacally as this as the seaweed comes out everywhere. He tries to smoke it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's already yeah, attached. I mean, the title. It's boom. You <laughs> exactly. Get? I love it. Yeah, Yeah, it it pulled open, uh, mysteriously ends at this point. Know that we have made it big in Hollywood.
0: (laughs) All righty. Well, that's about as good as we can get on the evil plot succeeding here. So we got to move on to question three, which is where the
1: By the way, unless the evil plot was to get Jamie to play the bagpipes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That. Wow, that that would have been legendarily bad. I think in the history of Doctor Who, that have been the way that it ended. <laughs> I'd love to see like a curse of
0: fatal death <laughs> episode <laughs> where that's the plot. We have to get Jamie to play, and then like that's going to destroy everyone's eardrums.
1: And oh my god, Doctor won't be able to do anything anymore. Yeah, Fraser Hines dropped dodged a bullet on that one for sure. So, question
0: three is: Where is the Clara Splinter? And mm. all I can figure is like. Uh the like I said, Van Luchens uh needs a
1: ride to the rig. Like you could she get in a little motorboat or something to take him out there? It does. Yeah, my 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 uh answer was along those lines. It was for getting Maggie, uh Maggie Harris out, out to the rig. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> she's walking into the sea and Clara comes along, like, come on. Hop in, it'll be much faster. So yeah, Clara's basically running a shuttle service between the rigs while sort of, you know, ordinary service has been disrupted. (laughs) There you go. She's basically the bus driver to draw a Rosa connection here. Mm. Um, But, you know, everyone's allowed in Clara's boat. Yeah, either that
0: or she's basically the uh, you know in charge of the construction company for the doors and instead of making them out of metal they're kind of made out of styrofoam or something (laughs) like because like there's these bits where the metal doors are just like busted out by the by the uh, foam and you're just like wait a minute there have to be some serious pressure from that foam which i guess is the point but Mm -hmm. like huh
1: maybe i'm just thinking about this that you know, it is kind of weird that the doctor never mentioned having a sonic screwdriver before. Ooh. Maybe Clara leaves it for him as a present on the console of the TARDIS. Ooh. <laughs> At I like some that. point. Like, yeah, that's the best yeah. one yeah you know. maybe she uh maybe she's in charge of victoria's strange you know going off and having adult education uh you know wh- whatever it is she she goes to learn and the two doctors <laughs> send, sends so her back with this little gift you know right. the doctor thinks it's for him um oh yeah, i got it she calls yeah. the kablam man ah! it in order <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and no one's just no one's in the console room at the time. So yeah. the Kablam man just leaves a note yeah. <laughs> that it's no. it's been left right outside the TARDIS door. <laughs> 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 the, the the Alexa on the doctor's console lights up to let him know that he's got a delivery. Says uh,
0: the, from the impossible girl and she's like, Wait, who? Yes. What? and he just files that away
1: in the back of his head. And if it's anything like uh, the the Alexa in our house, it's a bit of a tattle because you know how Alexa started saying what's in the package that you've just got delivered. You know? Oh, has so
0: she? The... She hasn't done that for me yet. Oh wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Don't don't try and order anything that you don't want your family to know about because <laughs> Alexa will tattle. Um, and yeah, uh, it's yeah it's so a maybe tip here here on you know, uh, our new segment. <laughs> it's like a delivery for the doctor has arrived, containing Sonic screwdriver. <laughs> all righty. Well, that's I like that one.
0: We're going with it. Clara <laughs> gives him the Sonic screwdriver. Gives it to him. It's all coming I mean, around. Yeah,
1: coming yeah. Around. She she was responsible for the TARDIS. Why not the Sonic?
0: So, question four is this in our rating system
1: uh, a
0: Dalek, which is good, an Ogron, mm-hmm. which is Perhaps not so good, or a viscount banger, one of the best ever. Well, I I gotta go with Ogron, but uh, yeah, I hate to do it though. I yeah, have to but do.
1: it's a happy Ogron, and it's yeah. a happy Ogron that likes playing in Seafoam.
0: It's a very competent Ogron. It, it works out this Ogron. <laughs> they do, yeah. it, you know, it's a good guard and does yeah. does what it needs to do, but ultimately. Not, nothing, nothing really to see here. Like I, I wish, and the problem is that there's so many opportunities it could have had something to see, to see here, which is to yeah. say, like have it be about something more than this sort of weed monster of the week. Uh, don't 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 leave too much for me to sort of attach to it mm. um, without any sort of guideposts within it, apart from yeah. there. So that's that's kind of the problem. Also, like I, I really just don't like how Victoria is treated here. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't come away happy which, with what I was thinking about her, right? So it didn't mm-hmm. leave me a good feeling about her. I w- kind of wanted to have a better feeling, uh, and I do hope we got to see more of her run, and, and hopefully uh, she's better treated.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, you know, the, the, it, it is a happy Ogron. It's a very wet Ogron. It's playing around in the sea foam. I think the Ogrons uh, had too much weed, so it's not telling <laughs> a not telling a coherent story anymore. Kind of losing the thread of what it was saying uh quite a lot and uh yeah yeah but you know it's it's no ground that is happy within itself yeah yeah
0: it's kind of happy to be happy to be around sometimes so you kind of mm. just want it there and then like you say if it's comfort viewing or mm. background viewing it's probably best yeah. thought of that way yeah absolutely all right i think we got to get in our dinghy head out to our friends <laughs> and start spinning up this randomizer that will show us where we're going to go next.
1: Chris, what is the randomizer again? The randomizer is two components that we seem to have uh, divided between us. Uh, Like this is one thing we don't swap off. Uh, That's true. (laughs) I, I, I am in charge of the executor. Apparently I'm going to be, I'm going to go a little Robson-esque and kind of shout about uh, how we, we need the randomizer to always be on. It must keep flowing. (laughs) Um, uh but yeah ra- the random.org we choose a random number in what you're using which is the codex mm-hmm. uh which uh, is the keeper, our the keeper of the codex the keeper of the codex <laughs> like the keeper of troken but younger um <laughs> it is uh yeah which is a list of the 301 televised stories according to our list we've done you know for you, for you nerds who think it's a slightly different number we've done stuff like we've we've combined mission to the unknown and the dalek master plan into one mega 13 episode uh whole because that's kind of how it feels right you know we and we've divided others anyway we've ended up with the the number of 301 discrete stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete has the list. If we hit one that we've already been to, which obviously is going to happen increasingly, uh, we we bounce off it, it's time locked, and we go again. Uh, but we still take note of where the randomizer wanted to send us and you know what, what messages it's trying to sell us. Um, and it, it does seem to be a thing that can transmit messages because we use random.org, which is a website that is so fed up with the Um, pseudo-randomness, like a pseudo-historical, but pseudo-randomness of algorithms, computer algorithms. They don't actually give you a random number. They guess at it. This uses atmospheric noise, which is so doctorish um, uh, that we really feel like, you know, if the doctor is out there, he or she is is talking to us through the randomizer. Um, So when Pete gives me the signal, I will generate a random number between 1 and 301, um, but first, we do like to issue Challengers yeah. the randomizer. Pete, you've already said that you want to see more Victoria. Are you sticking with that? I'm sticking with that.
0: I want. And, uh, that's a very narrow scope of episode, so mm-hmm. I will extend that to give me something where I come away really feeling good about the companions because I think that mm-hmm. would be a good cleanser for this episode and also a good uh, primer for the power of the Doctor, given my predictions.
1: Hmm, indeed I'm going to slight i'm going to have a possibly the most similar challenge um mm. to that we've ever had because we we tend to do different things, but I'm going to say don't give us more of Victoria necessarily give us more victorians oh, uh, okay. give us a Victorian episode, maybe it's the Paternoster gang, you know the snowman something like that, yeah. but give us something Victorian somewhere in this story. Uh, now watch it completely ignore us.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: we'll see. We'll we'll find the
0: connection somehow, and I'm sure it will as yes. well. So shall we? You'll do notice.
1: This? You'll notice. Randomizer. Oh great God, randomize that we are not specifically requesting that we go back to New Who this time. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to leave that up to you. Yeah. To your
0: discretion. We didn't. We didn't say anything didn't say anything about it <laughs> um all right are you ready right. with the, the executor edit. all right yeah. and ye let's spin this up in four three two one moisturize me moisturize me 122 oh we're still in old who where are we we are
1: at <gasps> time flight oh you did ask for time flight this um, is legendary. Yeah. Wow. You asked you asked for time flight after Rosa. So um because you wanted more transportation.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: You wanted planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. And you got it.
0: Yeah. Wow. You, this is pretty quick in, in terms of the randomizer finally delivering and just a, a couple episodes <laughs> later. That's right. That it's amazing. Yeah. Time flight. Wow, this is this is gonna be interesting. This could be divisive. Because no, this, this is this is the one notorious. with Concord, right? Yeah, it's notorious. It's the, the the most notorious. Ran out of money at the end of the season episode. <laughs> time flight. There is so much to talk about and unpack. Your definitely needs uh, a rewatch. I haven't watched it in decades. Mm. Um, because you know it's one of those. Is it is it too harshly remembered? Maybe this is actually. A hidden gem. Maybe there are hidden gemmy things about it. I'm I'm really looking forward to figuring you know, that
1: out. I, not not to spin this out too much, but I I was going to mention when we were talking about the Sonic, because the Sonic was sort of famously disabled in in uh, in the Davison era. Right was was that was that around time flight time? Is he still using the Sonic here?
0: Uh it, it had been destroyed a couple episodes previous. Yeah, ah, okay. The, the Sonic makes an exit in the visitation.
1: Ah, that's it. Yes, so mm-hmm. so we're in post Sonic era. This is post Sonic, uh, post Sonic. It's supersonic, Hey. Oh, always. <laughs> always with the
0: sound and the sonics, guys. <laughs> the sound coming into your ear at this point is going to end soon, though, because you have reached the near end of this episode of full to (laughs) open thanks so much for listening uh this is a podcast hey if you haven't subscribed yet please do also go ahead and leave us a review if you haven't already or tell your friends about this go ahead share it out on social media that's the next best thing you can do is like hey i'm enjoying this podcast talk to who people why don't you also enjoy the podcast because we can all enjoy it together we'd be most grateful uh, of course, follow us on the socials: TikTok at Pull to Open, Instagram, and uh, and and what's the other one? Twitter. <laughs> yes. Pull to Open sixty three is where we're at on those networks. And we will see you
1: next time for Time Flight. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, looking forward to getting supersonic with you all. Have a great time. See ya.